and welcome to the Data for Subscriptions podcast, where we focus on how to succeed with subscriptions and as-a-service businesses. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Jonas Valenius back to the show. Welcome, Jonas. Hello, Bedad. It's good to be back. So last time we met, we spoke about library of pain, and you talked us through a concrete example of how data problems can become growth inhibitors. Today, we're going to take the next step, going back to the library of pain to talk about another chapter of yours, this time looking at profit killers and specifically revenue leakage. Yeah, exactly. So the library of pain, I usually categorize the pains into three types. We right. have uh, growth inhibitors, like we talked about last time. We have profit killers, hurting your bottom line, which we'll go into today, revenue leakage being one. And then transformation or optimization blockers, which are more like saving time or being more efficient as transformation. Do you see many companies struggling with these challenges? Unfortunately, I do. And uh, <laughs> we have an internal joke, uh, sort of like, you won't get it until you have tried and failed. It it's, uh, sounds funny, but it's actually true. Sadly true. Yeah, and it's usually a lot about unknown unknowns, about being unaware of that these problems even exist. And it's kind of hard if you think about it. How can you know that profit is lower than it's supposed to be? What do you have to compare with, right? right. Usually people just see what is there, the reality they have today. And it's sometimes hard to envision how it could be better. And that's when they end up in the library of pain. Okay. Can you give us a concrete example of this profit killer? Yeah, sure. So today I want to go a bit deeper than mm -hmm. last time. Uh, we're going to get a bit more technical. Uh, I hope that's okay. So I'm going to tell you about a story, a customer we had that was providing Wi-Fi connectivity to travelers. Right. Mm -hmm. It could have been boats or planes or trains or buses. It doesn't really matter right now, but it was a complex setup. They had satellite internet, they had multiple countries, multiple vendors, telecom operators, generations of hardware. And of course, selling this service, Wi-Fi, they had to track the usage both in order to build their customers, it's a usage-based business, but also to settle with their partners, right? And, and this is not a small company we're talking about. They had over $1 billion in annual revenue. What happened was that um, they had uh, figured out that they had a little bit of a unstructured sales process. So they started by introducing a product catalog or, or a configured price quote system to get a better hold of quotes and offer structures. And then as a part of this project where we came in, uh, concerned automating their billing process to deal with revenue leakage, that was an ultimate consequence of this deal structure, among other things. So it sounds like there were many moving parts. When it comes to usage data, what was going on there? Yeah, so that's a good place to start. And and uh, if we look at how they collected the usage, first of all, the usage data. So it typically came from log files, from Wi-Fi terminals, from satellite operators, from telco operators, from the vehicles. And they had over 25 different types of log files. They had thousands of different sources to collect from. Uh, some of these log files with usage data, they had to go through multiple networks, through firewalls. They were stored on the way. They were transferred between different file areas. And some of this was automated. Some of this was done manually. Sometimes network configurations changed. And suddenly something that used to go through got blocked. 
right and then they they lost it right uh, they had some shell scripts that were running periodically and fetching these files and storing them in a database the usage database and these scripts ran a bit here and a bit there made by different people over different periods and uh, sometimes they didn't run uh, and they had an Excel guy, I don't know if you remember from last time, but right. we, we usually find this person, we call them Excel guy. Uh, so here, Excel guy took all these log files and converted them into CSV files and then inserted them into, actually, yeah, it was actually not just one database, but multiple different databases, like they call the usage databases. Uh, and even in some cases, even there were cases where people mailed files to excel guy so he had to take a mail save the attachment turn it into a csv file and then push it into the database okay so quite clearly were significant amount of glitches in this data collection setup so usage data was lost every day and semi-random places due to manual errors someone being sick or out of office scripts not being updated when a data source changed or a system that wasn't online when it needed to be or a network change that's a pretty exhaustive list of issues right there yeah, and, and I mean, unfortunately, this is not the only company in the world with this issue, but there's more, right? Next thing was that in the name of redundancy, this company had created not two, but three parallel usage data feeds. So yeah. I, I think it was from telco providers, from satellite terminals, and from Wi-Fi terminals. So they had three different ways to measure the usage. Mm -hmm. And let's just say that these three feeds never produced the same usage data measures on any given day. They were always off. What happened? One of them were missing data for a day. Another one had the data, but maybe a file wasn't there or a file was there twice. And they didn't really have any solid process in place to figure out which of these three feeds is the best one. Which should I use? So, so what they did was finally they decide, okay, we'll, we'll use this one as the primary and then the other two are backups. And then they did like manual spot checking on the primary feed. And if it turned out it was really bad, then they stitched in another one for that day. And they ended up with this like Frankenstein usage data feed stitched together from multiple sources depending on the day. Was this their main issue, Jonas? This situation was not good. At all, So it was one of their main problems, but it was not the only problem, uh, unfortunately. So this was the usage data collection part, like right. just getting it there in some structured way. Then there was a bill run. At the end of the month, somebody needed to produce an invoice. And this now was triggered by a finance person. Let's call her Fiona Finance. Mm -hmm. uh, she emailed an engineer. We can call this engineer SQL guy. Mm -hmm. uh, just you can imagine he's a cousin of Excel guy. And Fiona Finance asked SQL guy, can you please run your SQL scripts on the usage database to produce aggregate usage data we can use for billing? Right. So like basically all the line items for the invoices, right? Mm -hmm. And what SQL guy, uh, his reality was he had lots of big, hairy SQL scripts. He ran them across multiple different databases by the end of the month. And of course, since they had combined the usage data from different feeds, he needed to fiddle with the scripts to like this day is from this feed, this day is from that feed to, to make this. So they never run the exact same scripts two months in a row. Another big pain, which ties back to the 
initial project they had with their product catalog was that they had a v- custom deals for almost every customer, right. like separate contracts, separate terms. So an example of this is that some people were exempt from being billed in one contract and not in another one. So SQL guy had to take that into consideration because the contracts were all stored on either paper or as PDFs. Right? So he changed his scripts and ran them to reflect what was in the contracts. And of course, sometimes people didn't tell him the contract had changed, so his scripts were wrong. And then he could exclude some people or include some people or miscalculate something. Uh, And that's, yeah, you can imagine the results were not always correct, right? So what he eventually produced was a bunch of very large Excel files, one file per customer with aggregated usage data that he zipped up. He mailed them away to Fiona Finance in the finance department. She saved it in a folder and finally the billing system picked it up. So that's how we get to the billing system. Um, and yeah, it's not the straightest path I have ever seen in my no, life. Quite clearly. So going through this long list of issues, taking it back to the business issue, how is this connected to their main pain point, meaning revenue leakage or profit killer where we started? Yeah, great question. So like this was the reality on the floor, so to speak, right? They had manual processes operationally, system handoffs, data sources, Excel files, mailing, uh, also, staff morale wasn't really high, and actually, the this SQL guy he just left a few days after we came in, so he was probably not very happy with his mm. work life. If we raise that one level to a usage data level or a data processing issue, they had data loss, they had stale business data from mm. these contracts, they had long delays in the processing of the data, and and also very inconsistent data quality. Right, so that's their data problem. Their billing process process took days. And if you raise it one more time to a business level, this all translated into major revenue leakage, as in double digits revenue leakage. It was really bad. And you can see how Fiona Finance was not happy at all, but she was unable to fix it. She, yeah, she got the mail from the other people with the Excel files. That's her world. But she couldn't do anything about it. So let's turn to how we fix the problem then. Yeah. So this is when we came in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we usually do is we start with the basics. So we call it connect and collect. Uh, this is just getting the usage data, usage data collection under control. And fortunately, most of what they had was possible to automate. Uh, we could connect to all these different data sources automatically, fetch the data, make sure we didn't lose it once we captured it. If connections were shaky, we could set up automatic retries to get it again. So we uh, did uh, got all of it without creating duplicates, right? That's really important. You don't want duplicates to not overbill. You don't want to lose it because you lose revenue. So once we had that sort of under control, then we turned to those three data feeds that they had. And they wanted to keep those because all of them were relevant, right? And then with the automated collection, they were better, but not perfect. And we sat down with them and like asked them, how do you actually decide which feed to use on a given day. And it turns out that some of them were fairly simple rules you could use and some were more heuristic-like. So what we did was to build an automated data quality validator that chose which feed to use. It read all the three feeds and then it chose which one was the best uh, day by day. And then we got the data quality up to acceptable levels at least. And once that was done, we could do 
our usual work of correlate, validate, clean the data, and then we reduced all those 25 different sources into a single common format. Any broken records or corrupt records, we could store those so it could be manually repaired to avoid losing that revenue as well. And finally, this high-quality data got pushed into their billing database automatically. Right. So Fiona didn't need to save email attachments anymore. <laughs> so I can see that this is a significant milestone for the customer, and we largely eliminated the revenue leakage issue. What about the custom contract issue that you mentioned earlier? How did we solve for that? So what we did there is something we, we usually do. We call it enrichment. So we added automated lookups when a usage record came in. We then take that record, look at who's the customer, what is the product, so look up in, in their CRM or their product catalog to find out who's excluded from billing. What is the contract terms for this person? How should I process it? How should I categorize this record? And by doing that in an automated way, we always took the latest contract information. So there was no more stale business data like that. And we found you know, all kinds of weird little problems on the way, like some contracts defined a megabyte as 1,000 kilobytes. Some contracts defined it as 1,024 kilobytes. That's also another source of revenue leakage, right? So, so we also added an, an alerting module for when we found weird things in the lookup data so we could alert them to, hey, here's a problem that you need to go fix. And that right. saved them also a, a lot of pain, actually. Okay, so having fixed both the data and process problems, let's go back to Fiona Finance. Mm -hmm. What was her reality now? Yeah, so once that the data was cleaned and all that, then it was automated. She didn't really need to do anything it came into her billing system automatically and the bill runs were clean because the data was clean so i think the the most concrete thing was that she stopped having to call the other people all the time to like why where's my data why is my bill run not working that pretty much stopped and as an outcome of that of course we we fixed her revenue leakage problem like she she had that business pain of seeing the revenue leakage and uh, then as a bonus, also the build cycle sped, sped up a lot from several days to just an hour. And she felt in control of her revenue. And I think here in this particular project, this was one of the fastest uh, return on investments we've ever seen. They were in green in a couple of months. Just stay on this for a minute because we're speaking about solving for one immediate need. And you have a really fast ROI improving their bottom line. Still, you've talked about many other aspects that you unlock when you get on top of managing your usage data. So it's um, the uh, appealing situation, so to say. Yeah, no, there were other positive outcomes uh, for this customer ex besides the fact that we, we fixed the revenue leakage, automated processes and sped up the bill cycle. Uh, but I figured maybe we can take that another time because I have another story to tell about what happened when we started connecting their operational data people with their business people. It's a story in itself, so we can uh, we can take that next time maybe. All right, so when we look at situations, we said, unfortunately, there are many companies that are suffering from the same situation. Obviously, we believe that digital routes solution when it comes to managing usage data is uh, is a really strong option, perhaps the best option. But frankly speaking, is it the only way 
you can address this, Jonas. No, it's not. Let's look at your reality. If you have a situation, uh, you're processing usage data, but data volumes are pretty small, maybe you just have one or a few data sources, they're pretty static, then maybe you can run that manually or, or with Excel or home-built uh, scripts or some integration tool you have. And that probably works fine. You probably won't have that much revenue leakage. But when you start growing your business and stuff like more handoffs, system handoffs, Excel guy, you know, these symptoms appear and then it starts to break down and your data volumes go up, your data sources go up, eventually you will probably have more revenue leakage than you're aware of. And the hard part is that you don't really know that you have it, right? How would you... How would you know? You need to spend some serious effort hunting it down, running a project for it, because it's almost never one single thing to fix. Right. That's that's really sneaky with revenue leakage problems. It's rather many different causes that together add up to create and hurt uh, the red leakage and hurt the bottom line. So it's sort of like death by a thousand paper cuts kind of situation. So I can see that, and I think that's a that's a fair uh, perspective that you have. On the other hand, my view was that you said yourself that this is a little bit like dealing with the unknowns, an unknown unknown, which to me speaks quite highly that you want to probably do your best to avoid putting yourself in the situation. I'll yeah. just leave it at that. Jonas, any final advice you want to send with us and our listeners? If increasing profitability is your main business concern, which it is for many in these times, then maybe the first thing you need to ask yourself is just this question, how do I know that I'm not leaking revenue? It's a great question. And if you don't have a good answer to that, then come to us and, and let's run a pilot and you know, let's put some people in, let's sample some usage data flows together, see if we can find manual steps where causing problems or system handoffs that are not stable. Those are very common points where you have revenue leakage. And if we find something, then let's fix it together. That's a great point to end on. Thank you so much, Jonas. And thank you all for listening. Thank you, Bedad. Take care out there.